Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the Voice of Reason podcast. In this episode, I speak with Asha, who is Kinesis Online. You can find her at Twitter at K-I-N-E-S-I-S. She is a trans woman who is seeking to engage in rational discourse about issues around the trans experience. In this discussion, we explore the possibilities of what trans people can give to society, from their perspective on gender roles to the wisdom gleaned from undergoing transition. If you enjoy this content, consider giving it a positive review on your podcast platform of choice. And feel free to follow me on Twitter at Benjamin A. Boyce. Financial support can be given through www.paypal.me slash Benjamin Boyce. I've been through a lot of different struggles in my life. I've been through through really different struggles. And what it's taught me is that I I don't really feel comfortable uh, believing or pushing the idea that my personal struggle that I'm going through right now is somehow worse than someone else's struggle. You know, I mean, cause I remember when I was younger, for example, I used to like, I used to have friends that were chronically sick, you know? And, you know, after a while, you get to a place where you're just like, oh, come on. Why are you sick every goddamn day? You know, like, and, and I would, I used to get really annoyed at them for talking about it hmm. until it happened to me. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Right? And then when I spent three years getting progressively worse, and it's like, then I started to understand why they talked about it all the time, because it was the only thing that they were dealing with in their life. Because when you're when you're chronically sick, it's like a, it completely takes everything over. Everything is about just plain survival and trying to maintain resources that you can't maintain. So like, if you can't work, how do you eat? If you and it takes three years to get onto disability, if you're even qualified, and chances are you won't be. And so, like as it as you move on and you have this, like it's a whole social issue, it's a whole problem. And 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 people get tired of taking care of you. You end up hmm. you live just where you can live. You eat what you can eat. That doesn't necessarily help you to heal. And so, like it's a whole problem. And before I experienced it, I, I wasn't compassionate to that. And, and so, to me, it's really, really important for me to re- realize and understand that just because I haven't experienced something doesn't mean that that I'm right about the way I perceive it. You know, like, like if I haven't experienced something, I don't know. And so, that's made me a little bit more open-minded. It's like the um, the more that I experience, the more I realize I don't know. And the more I realize I don't know, hmm. the more I'm like... I want to learn more because I really don't like how much of a jerk I was before. Oh yeah. You know, huh. like I want to be more sensitive about that. And right now I feel like, yeah, you know what? Gender dysphoria is just one small piece of things that I've been through. And I know what a lot of these things people talk about are, and I don't think that they're any easier to deal with. Right. And I don't think that coming from an outside perspective, people, like, I really don't feel that people are trying to disrespect people. I think they just call it like they see it automatically because we do it every day all the time. Yeah. And to be offended at that is to be offended that someone can't read your mind. 
Huh. Someone is not like figuring out your your mental space before you've even talked to them, and that's. I mean, it's immature. Yeah, and do you think that engendering offense or uh, being offended or being uh, being likely to be offended backfires in a certain way? Yeah. Yeah, because when you have an expectation of being treated in a certain way, you'll get treated in that certain way because you'll create a situation in which that happens, you know? So if you expect everyone to hate you because you're trans, right? Let's say I go to the store dressed like this, right? So, like, I go to the store, I'm wearing a dress, makeup, whatever. People can tell I'm fucking male, okay? Like, I don't have, like, like a girly voice. I don't have, you know, like, like I'm obviously a dude, right? You know, like, I'm, I'm six foot one and a half whatever anyway like the point is like i'm clearly a dude right and so like i go to the store if people are going to be weird about it if i have that expectation that people are going to be weird about it it's going to show in my body language Mm. it's going to show in the way that i react to people so if they you know if i get really affronted at them they're going to react to my own body language and how i react to theirs right Mm -hmm. so much of language is is not verbal but if I just don't care, like, so, like, I found that, you know, I get into a situation, like, I had a situation at work, for example, right, where I was training at work, they, they put me in with a guy to train me, right, and he clearly did not want to ride with me, <laughs> um, like, he had his other reasons, but it, it was pretty clear, and I talked to him later about it. But... You could feel that he was being weird. Was it yeah, nonverbal, or was he pretty upfront about it? Oh, he was upfront about it. He was like, no, you, sh- you don't want to ride with me, you don't have to ride with me. The boss was like, oh, yes, you are. <laughs> Huh. Um, and he was he was trying to come up with some excuse, but I could just really tell because he wouldn't look me in the eye. And I was like, he's had an experience with the trans person before. I can tell. <laughs> so I went up to him and I just, you know, and we got in the car or whatever. And I was like, look, you don't have to be worried. I'm not going to get triggered on you. Like, you can you can use whatever language you want. You don't have to worry about pronouns. I know I'm a tranny faggot, so I told him. <laughs> slurs everything. I was like, I told him that. And then, you know, like, he just visibly relaxed. He was just like, oh. And then we ended up having a conversation, and we ended up becoming friends, and then he hired me to illustrate some, you know, like, oh. you know, and this is what? This is probably a person that lots of people would have said was transphobic. He's not transphobic. He just was worried about the, you know, like... The dynamic, and maybe, like you said, maybe he had uh, a difficult time with somebody, a, a trans person, before yeah. that, that jumped down his throat. You don't, we don't know, but... Right, because he was holding on to an expectation, right? Mm. And it seems to me that, like, that's where we start to go wrong, is you hold on to these expectations. So, And it doesn't even have to be about, like, trans people in particular. It could be about, it could be about like, our expectations of women, or our expectations of men, or our expectations of anything else. But whatever it is that we're holding an expectation for, mm. we, we end up, you know, we just see it. It's like it's like rose-colored goggles. We see through that, and then and then we that's the reality that we experience. And it's not invalid. It actually happens. It's, yeah. It, it's, it's uncomfortable. It, it seems like in your situation, you know that there's going to be a certain amount of people who are going to be uncomfortable around you, like in a public space. And so it seems, correct me or challenge me or whatever, but it seems like you, you've developed a tolerance to that discomfort. You own that 
and then you allow for something other than that discomfort to take root and grow rather than feeding on that discomfort that you you feel do you ignore it or do you uh, take it personally don't take I mean, it personally huh? like i mean the only reason that, that that people might see me and react a certain way is because i look like someone else that they encountered they reacted a certain way if they had never even heard of a trans person before and they encountered me they would have no idea how to respond they would just see a person who looked kind of weird and then they wouldn't know if that was a good weird or a bad weird, you know, hmm. um, most like how people define things is based on how everybody has taught us to define things hmm. from the start. Right. Yeah. Either other people or our own experience. Right. I mean, nobody would even think to police masculinity if we never policed masculinity. Do we police masculinity as kids? Oh yeah. What do you mean by policing masculinity, then? You have to have a certain amount of, like, you know, like, macho to hmm. you to get along with kids. I mean, maybe it's different now. I don't know. But, like, when I was in school, I used to get slammed up against lockers. Or they'd be like, you take your shirt off like a girl. And then, hmm. you know, and snap me with towels. And I got jabbed in the nuts. And <laughs> yeah. I got all sorts of stuff just for not being like the normal whatever, just because people thought I was gay. And I mean, took me a long time to figure out they were right, but that's. <laughs> <laughs> what do we do in our lives when we receive a bunch of abuse? Like, it seems like one way to deal with that abuse is to become bitter. Another way is to become broken, but there's got to be another way that you somehow rise above it. And it seems like you've rised above the abuse that you've experienced. I don't know. Maybe I'm projecting. But like, what are some coping mechanisms, or how how do we how do we deal with abuse? I think that's a complicated question. That's a. I feel like that's a question for someone wiser than me. <laughs> <laughs> can you can you talk about your own experience then? Yeah. Uh... I mean, for me, I just got really lucky and I found me an old man who like hmm. knew how to press my buttons, but not make me feel rejected. Hmm. So I found a counselor. I found someone who would be like, I love you and you're being an arrogant snot and this is why, you know, and then he would push my buttons and, um, and I would get really angry. Like, I think hmm. one time I got so angry at him that I tried to kick him out of his own house. <laughs> <laughs> even made, like i remember when i first started talking he's like i will make you mad like if you want me to help you i'll make you mad i'll make you i'll make you cry i'm like no, no you're not gonna do that huh. oh yeah but i mean that's what like that's what old men are for right like that's like what's your <laughs> not well, really uh, that's why i want to push back on policing masculinity um not saying that you were saying this but i think that there is a there's a very masculine masculinity that's not not macho, uh, not insecure, that pokes, presses buttons, that that jabs fun, but it is still like like creates a floor of strength that you can trust, but it, at the same time is always challenging you. But it's a, it's a compassionate kind of challenge, and I think that's very masculine. I think that's a very uh, good father archetype that kind of gets overlooked in, in the current conversation. Yeah, I think so. I think there's like a, a parental balance 
that should occur too with that like like that mm-hmm. kind of like supportive like father figure where father's like all right go out climb a tree like go out climb a tree fall out of the tree you know get cactus in your ass and then you know and then the mom will be there to like save you you know and, and like pick you up and pull the cactus out of your ass and you have like this sort of this this <laughs> Just go out and do it, and then this like nurturing dynamic. And you're like, oh, yeah, and it and it creates a balance. It shows you that there's that life isn't all about hard knocks. Hmm. You know, sometimes hard knocks lead to healing, and sometimes being vulnerable is is what it is to receive love, right? You know, yeah. like when you're vulnerable, that's when you're open to receive love, and that's so important. I think like is to learn how to be vulnerable. Yeah. And wrapping back around to like that whole the whole trans debate and whatever, like like it's important to be vulnerable. In in the context of the trans debate, what do you mean? What would be a positive vulnerability in that? Just being, and not trying to force people to see you a certain way. Hmm. Just being in the space as you are, and not policing pronouns, not policing anything just being in the space like like with people and you know like not not worrying about um how they see you mm-hmm. and i mean that's really where so much of this problem is, is people are like obsessing over gender and they're obsessing over these things and it's like kind of irrelevant to the fact that we're having a tea party <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, yeah, either that or we're throwing the tea into the bay, but whatever. Right, right, right. You know, <laughs> this is life. When we're driving, we're not thinking about it. You know, like, how long have you been driving? Oh, man. Over half my life, I guess, now. Right? So so how often do you even think about driving? Like, like when you're driving, you're not thinking about it. You're thinking about, like, well, whether or not you stop at Taco Bell. You're thinking about what you're going to do when you're getting home. You're thinking about how someone stressed you out at work. You're thinking yeah. about... All of that stuff. You haven't thought about driving for years now. Unless something happens like right in front of you, or you're mm-hmm. thinking about how you have to go to drive, but while you're driving, you're not thinking about where your foot goes on the gas pedal. Mm-hmm. Like It just happens. Is entering into another gender identity kind of like learning a new vehicle, like like seeing the world in a, in a new way with new maneuvers that you need to make, kind of like driving or at all? Um, that's an interesting question. It's another one I can't answer for everyone because I don't know. Um, that's like, I can only go on my experience. I think it's different for people. I found that going on hormones completely changed um, my life because it improved my body, uh, the, the way I felt like, hmm. like, like physical changes be damned. I would be on this stuff if it was just for the way it made me feel like it, it, it got me out of being disabled. So that's so huge to me. Hmm. Like, it, it was, yeah. Um, but in terms of, like, how I relate to people, mostly I'm, like, I just more embrace what was already there hmm. than, than put anything new. Like, to me, it doesn't feel new. To me, it's just like, oh, look, fuck you. I'm a tranny now. I can act however the fuck I want. You can tell me, like, stop acting like that. And I don't even care because I'm just going to be myself. And I don't even care. Right. And so I guess it makes me a little bit more um, maybe reactionary. You know, I'm a little bit more like like rebellious, and huh. I feel justified in it because I've kind of it wasn't actually the trans. It was breaking. It was it was finally admitting it out loud, admitting out loud that I like guys, and that 
you know, and the, and dealing with the consequences that happened with my family. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's what I've been always afraid of is losing my family and losing all that. And like, I really care about my family and hmm. broken now, whatever, you know, if it gets fixed and how it gets fixed in the future, that's, you know, it's going to be awkward because that's just how it is when you hmm. do this. But, um, now that that's done, there's really nothing holding me back from being myself. So, so, hmm. uh, you know. and I mean, I don't dress like this every day. Like, like most of the time I just try to pass as like just a gay man and I don't really, hmm. I don't really do this. This is more of a, this is more of like a special occasion sort of thing for me. Oh, really? Or whatever I think looks good. <laughs> <laughs> or what's practical, right? And this would not be practical for work. Yeah. Yeah. So, do you think that I'm just I'm really impressed with with your online presence, and I wonder if if you you have a projection of how you want to change the debate or how you want to influence the perception of what is called your category, like the the trans uh, the tr the perception of trans from the outside and from the inside. Do you think you, you you're more focused on? the inside or the outside of that community? Well, I mean, for one, I feel like who the fuck am I to even think about these, just <laughs> trying to solve this problem. But I do feel like, like we do need to have like a mutual respect. And, and mostly my feeling is that like, we need to base our, our philosophy and then our identity on a solid foundation. Right. And that solid foundation, probably like, if we don't put it, if we don't anchor that solid foundation on, on something that's realistic. Like if we don't, if we don't anchor it on something of physical reality and we anchor it instead on an idea, then I feel what happens is hmm. that it's too slippery. It's like trying to anchor a, a castle on a cloud. Like yeah. sometimes you see a, a cloud that looks like a castle, you know, but if you try to live in it, it's not going to be very, um, <laughs> solid, you know, yeah. you know, and, Try to build a castle in the swamp; it's going to sink. And I and I feel like we need we need a rock and a solid ground. And I feel like maybe that that rock is, is that is this hashtag like adult human male, where like look, I'm an I'm a male, I'm an adult human male. That's what I am. I'm, I'm a version of that. I wouldn't call myself a man because of social construct. And so there's okay. my this is where I would say that I'm I'm male, but I'm not a man. It seems like the move to make, and this is a philosophical move, not necessarily a personal move, but the, the move to make gender entirely a construct um, can be useful in order to allow for the liberation of people who don't fit within uh, very rigid, the rigid version of that gender construct. Um, so you make that move, but if you keep on, if you don't base anything if you render the entire social landscape as purely a social construct, then what, what is it built out of? We can't really get into how it's plugged into biological reality, which is constantly informing it. This is my problem with um, the, the radical uh, uh, contingent of the conversation, is that if you just go around smashing gender, they just want to smash gender because they think that that will free them. But it's always going to be there. 
it's always going to be exerting a force. Uh, you, you're going to have you're going to have attraction to certain people with certain characteristics, and those characteristics they rise out of their emergent properties of being biological organisms. So I, I understand like the desire to just level the playing field to do that first postmodern maneuver, reduce everything to a construct, because then you get to play. But it really quickly devolves because there's nothing, there's no anchor anymore. Exactly. Yeah. So navigating that, navigating that is, it introduces a lot of complex complexity. And that's, that's where I think most people struggle. I think we can understand that there's a difference between sex and gender, but they aren't divorced. They're, they're feeding into each other. Mm-hmm. And I think the proper view, like, like in my opinion, right. And this is, this is just me, but in my opinion, the proper view is to take both of these things. And then, you know, we bring this back to like the trans debate, the trans debate are like, hey, respect my pronouns, right? Okay. You know, do this for me and give me surgeries. Great. You know what? I want those things too. But to, but what am I giving back in exchange? So I can give money, right? But there's this, this push for self ID and this push for just whatever. And, and then it's a whole lot of asking, but not a lot of giving back. And I remember... Hmm. Uh, a while back, there was that whole thing with Jordan Peterson where he was being accused of being transphobic. You remember that? Yeah, that's what. Yeah, and got uh, launched. And I, right, and I remember, like, I was watching him before that happened, and then like when that happened, I remember seeing him. And he was talking about the transvate, and he was just like, "Look, I'm not transphobic. The question is, like, you're asking for a lot of rights, but what responsibilities are you offering to take on?" And ever since then, I've been thinking about that really strongly. I think it's a really important point because mm. it's like, like a what quid can, pro quo? Yeah. Well, what can trans people do for society? Like, what are attributes of trans people that can that can improve society if we were to just look at them as an asset? Huh. If, if we saw us as like a as, a as a different thing or an asset, like what can we do that that would actually? And I can think of a number of things, you know. And it's that would improve society or like, like fill holes that, that we have right now that, that I, that I feel would, I don't know, just would one of those things, uh, facilitating the discussion between men and women or yeah, facilitating like, the, the communication difficulties that those two groups have. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, let's say that as soon you have like a trans person who's really like, because you've moved from one side to the other, let's say that they're successful in that. Right. And they're also a person who's who's really lived in both sexes, or uh, not sexes, but 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 gender norms. But a person who's who's experienced both sides of it, right? And and, and a, you know, a male to female is going to be different than a female to male, in terms of how that experience relates. But but both of those people may be better at relationship counseling, hmm. because they may be able to understand something as simple as what it's like to be on both estrogen and testosterone. <laughs> <laughs> really different and they you know, and so, so simple right but the, there may be communication things where where we could like help people to understand and communicate better you know so that's one what do you think about like the infinite genders or the 30 gender thing or the 36 or 123 to me it seems a little snowflakey good uh, to, to, to have that alchemical chart of like the like all those symbols and stuff well, I mean, I get it, right? Because, like, like, if I look on a chart and I do the research, like, I can fit myself in that chart. I can say, all right, I'm, like, I'm, like, a homosexual, biromantic, sapiosexual, 
blah blah you know like like by gender i could call myself by gender because sometimes i feel neutral and sometimes i feel girly right i never feel masculine so like i, I really only have two modes so like basically but those are moods to me hmm they're phases describe my my sexual orientation but you know like it, it's really it's like a way of taking gender and then and then exploding into nuance okay, right and yeah. But I don't know that the extra pronouns are necessary because I think it overcomplicates it and it and it creates a situation where you feel like you have an expectation to uh, be recognized as something that you feel. Um, they're not even used to using as a word in a language, you know. And if you're focused on it, sure, it's easy. But I think we forget like how difficult new concepts really are for people when we're used to them. Mm-hmm. You know, so like I can draw really well. Or I can play the guitar, you know, and I can sing. But if I try to teach you how to do what I can do, it's going to take me years, you know, because I want years of education to learn it. And sometimes it's hard to remember how much we know that's packed into just Mm -hmm. um, an unconscious awareness. Mm -hmm. And that to take that that idea of the moods, it's like trying to trying to objectify the subjective in a way. By which I mean trying to get that which you feel on the inside to be recognized by other people. And and just using language and symbols to do that rather... It, but it, it's not the case, like you were saying, that anybody else is necessarily going to have that experience. And what does it matter if they recognize you as being anything other than somebody that is going to act in this way or in that way? Like, that's basically why the categories male and female are embedded into our language is because there's general, general, but consistent tendencies for masculine entities and feminine entities to operate in a different mode. Uh, and, and then, you know, the romantic languages and German expanded that to, to gendering everything, which is, you know, whatever. It's very arbitrary when you get to there. But but when it when it goes into making that injecting nuance is great and wonderful within a stable environment but when we're interacting with strangers how useful are those concepts i i don't really feel that they're that useful i feel that mostly when it comes to interacting with strangers it's really about like how fast can i get my hamburger <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> right it's it's really about that and like, if you think about, like, if everybody's got a different pronoun, everybody's, then, like, like imagine the person who's having to sit behind the counter there and how much of a pain in the butt is that's going to be for them. And it's already a pain in the butt job. So, like, hmm. every, they're having to, like, figure out some new set of pronouns and then someone abuses them for that and that adds to the stress of the day. And I feel like that's not useful. Yeah. I feel like passionate. Um, and there's that argument, like, well, how come they're not being compassionate to us? And what should, why should we not? Like, why should we capitulate to them? And it's not about that. <laughs> it's not about who wins, you know? Huh. It's, not about, it's not about who's got it right. It's not about who's better or who's more oppressed. It's, that's, 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 I mean, it, you hmm. could be completely right. And it's still a wrong way of looking at it because it's like, you're, you're missing the whole picture, the balance of the thing. Like, like, I mean. I don't know. I feel really strongly that like it's important to take your environment into an account. Yeah. And and the 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 sheer numbers of 
perfect strangers that you interact with on a day-to-day -day level that don't necessarily have the processing power or the fucks to give for for everybody else's experience they're just trying to get through their life and maybe learn a little bit every once in a while yeah and if you don't want to deal with that then you change yourself like hmm. i mean like I, and I know in some sort of uh, there's this philosophy, you know, and it says that, you know, if you want to change the world, change yourself first. Right. And that's really important because I mean, changing yourself gives you a certain amount of power. Like, for example, like hmm. I'm aware that when I walk outside in a dress, I'm going to be differently treated than if I walk outside in a jeans and a T-shirt. Whether my boobs are visible or not. Right. <laughs> you know, hmm. like people, people can tell that I'm trans at this point, no matter what I do, like I'll go to the bank and I'll get a button. I'm sure it'll ask me my pronouns, but, <laughs> but, um, at this point, but I still get a different reaction. Okay. And, and, and so if I'm going to be going somewhere where I know that, you know, like I know I'm not really passing, so I'm not going to use the women's restroom because I don't really feel a need to make them anybody uncomfortable, even if they would be fine with it. If there's one person to me that would be uncomfortable with it, then I feel like it's not worth it. But if, you know, as opposed to just making me uncomfortable going into the men's room. And I'm not that uncomfortable going to the men's room because I just dress like a gay guy and nobody gives a crap <laughs> at all. Mm -hmm. you know, and they're fine. Um, and I think, you know, unless unless my girlfriends just sort of like drag me in with them, which has happened. That's <laughs> a totally different scenario, you know, that's, that's being taken into a space. Yeah. But... I don't, I don't really feel like that's my right to belong in that space until they do that. Like when they, when someone pulls you into something, it's like, to me, it feels like just walking into like the top level executive meeting or something when you've just been hired and expecting them to listen. <laughs> <laughs> like you can do it if you want, but it's probably going to get you kicked out. <laughs> There, there is an argument to be made that that being uh, ostentatious, uh, being an activist, being in your face, being really out there, um, forces people to. Uh, it it sho shocks people at first, but then it normalizes people seeing something that's that's different and the problem that i have with that I, the the thing that comes to mind is like gay pride parades uh especially like like there's the there's the facet of them that that are about just being proud and and out and then there's that there's a, another side of it that that's like we're going to be as offensive as possible where it gets really crazy there's these people who you can't tell if they really want to change the world or they're just addicted to being offended and being offensive. And, and so the whole mode of activism of, you know, being shocking and, and making something shocking in order to get people to calm down and see, see things clearly, see, for instance, trans people as just human beings that are trying to live their lives. There's a certain contingent within activism itself, or maybe activism uh, attracts certain people who aren't doing it for the greater good. They're doing it for them. And they, they see it as a cause that they can take up and they can get away with, with behavior that that's really crass. But I don't know if I, I'm trying to work toward a question. So I, I'm wondering, I, I really appreciate your, your perspective because it seems like you don't really want to change people. You just want to 
give them evidence that it's not as scary or as offensive as they would perceive it. Uh, yeah, I just I think that we need options, right? What do you mean? There's a difference between dressing, like going to school in a dress when you're a dude, right? Let's say you go into school, you're, you got a beard, you got a dress, you know, you're just you, right? And that's fucking fine. Like, do it, right? You know, you're going to evoke a certain response. And if you haven't thought through that, and you and you don't know what that response, if you don't have a good idea of what that response is, and then you get, like, bullied for it, and you haven't, like, sort of prepared that before, and that's kind of on you, because you really should be thinking these things through if you're going to be an activist, right? Like, being an activist is being a player in a game, and you, uh. it helps to, to think about, you know, like, if you're going to play chess, maybe you think about whether you're going to leave your king exposed, you know, like... <laughs> huh. Yeah. Yeah, to really have foresight and into the possible reactions. Even if you're trying to change the reactions, you still have to understand that there will be reactions. Exactly. Until you, have, you figure out how to change those reactions. And you have to react to those reactions in a strategic way. You yeah. have to say, you know what? You have to ignore whatever. So like like for example, on my Twitter I, there's people like, you know, people are blocking people all over, right? You know, like, I disagree with you, I'm gonna block you, they get all block happy. Right, so I have this person who keeps retweeting my tweets on Twitter, right, like over and over, and retweeting them using lots of capital letters and just yelling at me, and I'm like, I'm just letting her do it. Hmm. And why, right? Like, what's the point of that? Well, it's because, frankly, like everything that I'm saying, I'm doing my best to be reasonable, yeah. right? And I'm trying to like pick sides or find anybody. And so when I, when yeah. she does, what she does is she. I don't know if they do that. What happens is that they end up making themselves just look crazy. And then I get more exposure. <laughs> yeah. You know, in a way. And it, and it's sort of like, you just keep saying what you're saying and let people react the way they're going to react. But if they're, if people are all agreeing with you, you're doing something wrong. I think. Hmm. That's a good metric. Like, if people are all agreeing with you, then you're not actually in the forum. Yeah. Or, or at least on the cutting edge, you're not actually pushing anything new. You're not challenging anybody else. Which is why I'm saying, like, my, my idea sounds like kind of centrist. So, like, my position is very, like, you know, I feel this way and, and this is what I feel. And then a lot of my, my, my Twitter rants are just thoughts and feelings that I'm having in the moment. Yeah. But they're for everyone. You know? They're mm -hmm. like, hey, let's take a little bit. You know, like, Trans people, you know, take a look at this side of it. Maybe, you know, like like to take women's shelters, for example, like, like you can't, you can't, it just, it seems ridiculous to me that a person who looks like a man should be allowed into a space that's designed to help people heal from being severely abused by people who look like men. Yeah. Just because I, like, like, like I would not feel discriminated against, like, like, in a personal way yeah you you would accept was, the discrimination because i was abused because i don't understand that right yeah. hmm. but then you know like but then where would i go well i don't know and see that's a problem we need to solve and i mean like really what we need to do is we need to identify the actual problems yeah like because we're so busy like flinging around problems with ideology and problems with this and problems with that and you <laughs> and you're like hold on anchor it in reality and then like let's keep looking at the problems let's see what comes out of it 
I have a I have a psychologist friend who he stopped seeing people with uh, gender dysphoria or or any any sort of possible trans issues because if he even starts to ask questions to figure out figure out if if it's not that then he could get disbarred uh, from he could lose his license because the, the there's so much pressure right now within that discipline to completely just accept anything and not really go through it what do you think about that there's a topic for you that that really takes me off to be honest really like like i could not when i first you know i saw a gender therapist right it took her half an hour to pronounce me a woman and just wonderful person and she did challenge me but she didn't challenge me at all on the gender thing and i and i thought you know like like I didn't see any counselors. I started hormones because I thought it might potentially cure me of something else. Hmm. I didn't see any gender challenge. I saw a therapist afterwards because I didn't really feel like someone was going to be a problem. And the thing is, they didn't challenge me. I could not find anyone to challenge me. Hmm. Like, I looked for people who would challenge me on the subject. Like, I want people to invalidate my, my transness, right? Okay. I want people to tell me the truth, the blunt truth. You know, and I want them to dig deep. I want them to find my traumas. I want them to like really work with me and try and see if there's healing that can be done. Because my feeling is that if I'm going to transition, I'm breaking, I'm going through a second puberty, which means I'm getting used to a new set of hormones, which means I'm going to deal with a whole new set of social values that everyone else seems used to, but that I won't be. Yeah. Right? I'm going through. Um, family changes. Well, if I am not in a healthy mental state before I do that, I mean, it's it's really no puzzle to me why a lot of trans people act the way they do because they they need something to hold on to. Because when you transition, it is in a way hmm. like you don't feel like you're changing, but your environment changes. Yeah, and it's like pulverizing your your old environment like completely, and you have to start over. Um, you know, like you learn which friends are, are really supportive of you as a person and, and which will be annoyed by the changes, you know? Some yeah. of them get to it. Some people become better friends because you did this. Hmm. Some people become worse, you know? I've had people tell me, I wish you did this earlier. <laughs> you know, I've had other people tell me, you're only doing this because of all the evil that you let into your life. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you would have appreciated people to be more... Ch- to challenge you, to, you'd, you'd like a, a your old man friend to have us. Doesn't feel good to be challenged. It does not feel good to be challenged. But it's all, always been worth it to me. Hmm. And and I I feel I I think that if we can get to a state where we're not so touchy about this entire issue, we can see things more clearly. And I think that people are really touchy about it, pro and con. It seems like. That's justification for why you should be grilled. <laughs> it means if you're touchy about it, that's why you should be going through it because it's it, it means that you have an attachment to an identity that isn't within you. That's not solid. It's not outside of it. You need something that you need to defend it, right? Hmm. If you're that touchy, hmm. then like I mean, because look at I know what I feel like inside of me, right? I am who I am doesn't matter if I'm dressed in, in baggy pants and my facial hair grows out. I'm still going to be me. I'm going to feel like crap. Hmm. 
and people, maybe you're not going to interact with me in the way that I would personally like. So I maintain myself. I, I try to keep my feelings of dysphoria at bay and I try to work with that, but that's not everyone else's responsibility. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. So I know who I am and I don't need other people to validate it. It's nice when they do, but it doesn't mean that, um, hmm. but I want to be real. I don't want to be placating, you know? And if I'm just yelling at everyone over, over basic things and really what I'm getting is placating and, Maybe maybe some people won't be, some people will be, but on the whole, I feel personally disappointed in humanity. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, yeah, kind of like, like I feel like like you know, like an old Jewish mother who's disappointed that family hadn't brought his son come down, you know, for Thanksgiving and. <laughs> <laughs> Like, like, I'm so disappointed, you know, like, like, because trans people have such potential. Like, I really, really feel. What do you mean by that? What? What What do you see that potential as being? Uh, you hinted at it before, like, like the, they, you, have something to add that's unique. Well, look, we can't, we can't reproduce. I mean, some of us do, some of us can, but, like, I mean, like, for me... Like, I'm past that point, I can't reproduce. I don't know if I was ever even fertile to begin with, but if I was, I know, right? And hmm. I wouldn't even do the thing to do the thing, right? I'm, I'm outside of that whole game, and so much of, like, human society is about is about mating, right? It's about, it's about I need a posture in a certain way so that I can attract a mate. Well, and then I need to behave in a certain way so that my kids don't die. Right, and so all of that is this whole social thing, and we're outside of that. And so that means that we have an opportunity to look at that and see what's working and what's not for people, right? Hmm. As, as an objective observer, we, we don't get to feel what's like inside, but we can offer a perspective. And that means that we can see options for people that, that people maybe can't see all the time, so that we can we can offer those options. We can, you know, and then there's there's a number of things that are... I have some ideas that are really controversial. I think that I'm not sure how I'm not sure how valid they are as ideas. Just ideas. But. Well, that's the problem with super controversial ideas. They don't get challenged. They only get silenced. Oh, is that a challenge? <laughs> There's a sense that I get that the social perception of, of trans people from the outside point of view has to do with like it's a lie. You know, like like people are like, you know, no, you're not a woman. That's a lie. You're not a man. That's that's a lie, right? And I'm thinking, you know, I'm not really a man. Not not really. Like in a lot of ways, like like I could make a lot of fairly. Um, I think I can make a lot of very uh, logical, rational cases for why I'm not a man, right? You know, my body runs on estrogen at the moment. When my body was off estrogen, I was bedridden. Like I couldn't even feed myself some days because testosterone is a problem for my body right and uh, and so i had to do this so like i think that um you know and I, I don't know how what it is for like for other people but i know a lot of us have a lot of problems beforehand and that hormones just solve things and that um that means that we're coming from a different sort of hormonal point of view so we have a different perspective we're not mm-hmm. in the game in the same way um as far as i'm aware you know and so it feels wrong to, to to put us in the same category, as it, but we need a different category because I'm not a woman either. 
You know? Yeah. And you're not lying either way. Right. And I think that's where I can I can say is that like like no, I'm male, but I'm not a woman. I'm a trans woman or I'm a I'm a transsexual, but I'm not you know, and, and I think that there's value and there's a reason to be proud even in that because I can take that experience. I can take that othering and I can use that as a, as a way of, of learning and growing hopefully wiser. And then you can actually give society something that it didn't have before. Yeah. And that would be the aim, right? Like, like what is it that we want to do in life? Like, I mean, for me, I just want to, I just want to be a good example. I want to lead like by example. I want to, I want to be someone who just lives a life that, is worth living. And when I die, it's going to be a day when I am on my deathbed. Right. And I am, and, it, and I can just feel it's my last breath coming. And I'm like, Oh, you know, it's my, like, it's my last breath it's coming. Right. I can just feel that. And I'm there. Right. And I think I'm going to be like thinking, Oh my God, I'm mean, thinking back over my life. And I'm going to think, I live a good life. And I don't want to regret anything. I want to be like, you know what? Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Like I said, pretty good. <laughs> like, like I, yeah, you know, I want to remember those moments that I had. I want, I don't want, I want to feel like I lived. You know, and so I think about that a lot when I make my decisions from day to day. And I don't think that if I was to go around getting offended at everything, like, or, you know, like so you can live how you want, and uh, and I'm not going to push you to try and live a different way. You know, and I'm not going to say that like trans activism is wrong because I'm not wise enough to see the, the larger picture consequences. I find it personally, I think it's silly because I think you're focusing on the wrong thing. Hmm. But I don't know. I just, I just, I just really want to like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm losing it. My brain's. That was beautiful. If we could be more human to each other, I think the world would be filled with more humanity. <laughs> I know that's lopsistic, but still. It's good work, though. It's good work. And, and it, it's... Um, you're right, it's silly. And for whatever reason right now, America is going through a number of different panics. We're panicking all the time, and I think it has to do with our technology and our fucking president and all these other things that most people don't have any control over and stuff. But somebody who's creative and and talented, you have to have both, um, and, and, and is unique... And cares about other people is going to be able to to actually calm people down, help them to think about things in a different way, and maybe guide us toward a place where we're not at each each other's throats for different things. And and within your situation or or in the, the topic that we're talking about, the group we're talking about, it, there certainly needs to be focus on this and understanding and compassion from the majority. Um, and that compassion needs to be inspired, though, not forced. And I, I think you have, because you're creative and unique and, and, and talented, too, it seems like, like you have the... You, you have a way to, to, to bring us forward, um, which isn't activism, it's just... 
Okay, let's get on to this next thing. It's just activity. It's just activity. <laughs> I hope. Um, I don't know. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm human, right? And sometimes I get delusions of grandeur. Yeah. And, Tell me about it. Right? And sometimes I think, like, you know, my brain goes crazy. And because I'm creative, like, scenarios unfold in my head. And I'm like, oh, this, this, this will happen. And this will happen. And then I will never have to worry about money again. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and guess how often that shit works out <laughs> now like i've found in my life that i have a tremendous amount of luck when i'm working for something and the minute i try to shortcut or make something go easy it never works for me ever like mm-hmm. i think on a handful of my times that i've that the universe is just like okay it's all right you can just have an easy thing like so and i think that's good you know, like I think that's a I think that's a good sort of luck to have. Yeah, the the luck that you have to be like challenged. Doing something right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and one of the, I think one of the, like the most powerful lucks that I've ever had is to uh, end up making friends with people who are willing to poke my bubble. <laughs> 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 like when I start going all crazy, and people are like, "Hey, bitch, calm down a little bit." Like. like come out of your head <laughs> you know I have more than one person telling me that so I, I just have to listen hopefully I, I never stop listening <laughs> Yeah, there's that there's that that trope right now. I mean, it's perennial. It's not even a trope. It's just like this tremendous cliche that's driving a wedge through our country. That there's the left and there's the right, and the right needs to like be against the left, and the left needs to like disown the right. And then there's like this tiny little group of people who are really pathetic. They're they're like we're centrist, we're centrist, and people are like you fucking face sitter or fence sitter or whatever, you know and. But the thing is, is that it doesn't matter if you're right or left, but if, if you run towards a challenge rather than away from it, you're living. That is the definition of living, is running towards something that challenges you, running towards the discomfort. There's a, there's a group of us and we're working together, but we're all really, really different people. We have different sort of ideas, like, um, but we're, we're sort of working together. We're just like, the, we just have like a baseline, like, you know, like a trans woman, like I'm a trans woman as a trans woman, you know, we're not women, you know, and we're sort of fighting a lot of like the more like, like floofy ideological stuff that isn't really, um, that doesn't really have a, a solid foundation. And we're not really like an organization or anything. We're just like a bunch of people that agree on confederacy. Something. Yeah. But I mean, like one of them is, uh, like Fion Orlander, like, you know, her on Twitter, Fion. Um, she started this whole thing where she she just like she posts these pictures of herself these absolutely gorgeous pictures these fabulous pictures of herself and she's wearing like a wedding dress and she's got her hair done up and then she tagged it adult human male oh okay that's I saw your post from right like I just I just jumped on her board bitch like I I just I just jumped right there like that was like that's a really smart thing and and so she kind of started it I think but um that was really, really brave. And so she's taking a lot of flack for that. You know, people are like, you're a gender traitor and you're just really a man. And it's like, well, no, you can't invalidate someone's gender dysphoria because they're being honest about the fact that they're biologically male. That's a, like, that's a deeper admission of the dysphoria. 
of the condition yeah. of the of the state of conflict. It's really, really brave, and it's like hmm. like it's real brave because like I, I think hmm. you know say like oh you're brave for coming out. That's not really bravery. That's just you're doing the thing. Like I mean, it is in some sense, but it's but to do it to get that and then to go against it, I think that's that's really brave. Anyway, um, you're like the counter counterpoints. I don't know if you know who I'm talking about. Uh, I don't know. Um, anyway, I just I just think there's a lot of really really smart people out there that are really working to to kind of like change the narrative because it's not because the narrative isn't healthy and it, and we don't think it's healthy for trans people either. Like I don't think it's just like people are bigots and they're pushing against us. I think I think we're causing ourselves harm and. Hmm. And, and we need to like step back for a second and, and, and be like, you know, like, it reminds me of, um, I don't know, like, sorry, I'm diatribing, <laughs> but when I was really sick, I was living in this cabin and, um, I had this day where I, I, um, my doctor had me trying different medications, right. And I would have reactions to them. And one of them was particularly bad. And during that space, I sort of had like, I was kind of afraid I was going to die. And uh, hmm. so I kind of faced my life, and I ended up having this realization that all these things that I had been trying to be at the time, I had already done those things, you know? Like, at the time, like, I wanted to be, you know, I wanted to be a really good artist, and I wanted to be a musician, and I wanted, I wanted to make people feel, right? I wanted, I wanted to really make people feel. Like, like I, I want to tell you a story, and I want you to, to get something out of it. Hmm. You know, and, and so, and I'm laying there realizing, like, that I've done that already. Like, at that point, I'd already lost count of the number of people who had, like, cried for any number of reasons at songs like that. I'm not trying to brag, I'm just saying that I'd lost track of that. I'd, I'd made paintings that people had paid hundreds of dollars for, like, spent hours staring at. I'd, I'd done all these things, and, like, all this time I had been pushing myself and pushing myself to try and be something, be something more and to do all this stuff that I, that, and, 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 and what I was looking at was I had this idea of myself that I was supposed to be, and that wasn't even real. And by the time I realized that I'd already been sick for two and a half years. And, and it was like, like that idea of who that I was going to be, of who I was going to become that died the day I got sick. And so, like, I wasn't afraid of death. I was afraid of my idea for myself dying. And I think letting that go and it reassessed completely. And then it was like, I'm already there. I'm already here. Like, like this is where I'm at. And I think that's what we need to do with like the movement is we need to we need to stop for a minute. We need to say, hey, we already kind of accomplished everything we were trying to do. We won. Stop pushing. Let's like let's like, like balance out. 